Birthday choir. Woo. Amen. Listen, as we remain standing on this day in which we salute men, we thank God for faithful, we thank God for honorable, righteous men of God. Not perfect because none of us are, but you know what? We're here. Amen. And we give God a hand of praise for them. And before we read the scripture, just let me on this day honor four wonderful men that are no longer with us. 1963, when this ministry began, it began with 13 members. Four of them were strong men. And we should always honor them. Men's Day, I, I always take a moment to honor these four men. Bishop Andrew Charles Jackson was the founding pastor. 1963, he was just Minister A.C. Jackson, but you know what? He loved the Lord, and he became the first pastor of this church. Deacon Frank English, Jr. was chairman of our deacon board. Such an honorable, strong man that loved and supported his pastor 200%. We honor Deacon Frank English, Jr. Elder William Lloyd. Amen. Became the first senior elder of this church. He was a bricklayer who built the first three edifices on this campus. We honor Elder William Lord. And then certainly, finally, but not least, Deacon Raph King. Amen. Deacon Raph King Sr. The uh, husband of uh, Mother Betty King was our first youth leader, was a mentor of mine and so many other young people. We stand on their shoulders today. So join me as we salute these four wonderful, powerful, strong men. Amen. If there's anything we should learn from the Roots series, that is we ought to pass down our legacy not only through the written word, but through the verbal word also. Amen. I want my granddaughter to know about her great-grandfather she never saw before. I want her to always know that she stands on the shoulders of people who prayed for her before she even exists. Amen. Thank God for that. We all stand on their shoulders and we say thank you. There is a word this morning from the Lord as we continue the series of messages entitled, A Right Now Word. This is the year of supernatural revelation. This is the second of three major series that God has given us. The first was a prophetic word, which we looked at 12 messages from the Old Testament prophets. This message is a series of 12 parables that Jesus shared in the gospel accounts, 12 parables. This is the fourth of 12 messages that's entitled a right now word. Luke chapter 12, verses 13 through verse 21. I said to the church earlier this morning, you would notice in this series, the scripture references are a little longer because we want you to hear the parables in their full context. And God has instructed me to 
preach and to teach perhaps a little differently, not as much hooping, and, uh, not as much maybe running around church. If you feel like doing it, do it. Amen. But I just want to make sure you get this word. Amen. On Sundays and Tuesdays night. As a matter of fact, look at somebody and say, don't miss Tuesday nights. Amen. Amen. Hear the reading of God's word. Luke 12, beginning at verse 13. Someone in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, Man who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you. Then he said to them, Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Hmm. And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I will do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones and there I will store my surplus grain and I shall say to myself you have plenty of grain laid up for many years take it easy eat drink and be merry but God said to him you this very night your life will be demanded from you then who will get what you have prepared yourself for mm. this is how it would be with whoever stores up things for themselves but is not rich toward God we ask his blessings on the reading and the hearing of his word. Catch the hands of someone that is standing next to you before we take our seat. Verse 15 is where the subject is found. The latter clause, last clause of verse 15. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. Life does not consist in an abundance of possession. Squeeze those hands, look at someone and say, life is more than the things we possess. Give God a hand of praise. You may be seated. Just, just for a reoccurring thought, look behind you and tell somebody, you are more than the stuff you own. Amen. Life is more than the things we possess. On this Men's Day, although it is Men's Day, this message is for everyone. Someone help me again declare, life is more than the things we possess. Listen, my brothers and sisters, we live in a society where unfortunately too many people have 
the mindset that the more they possess, somehow the happier they will be. I don't know where we get that mindset from that more stuff equals greater happiness. The devil is a liar. I know a whole lot of people with a whole lot of stuff, but a miserable life. And I know some people that are barely making it, but they are so happy. They wake up every morning with joy and a smile because they know that they are greater than the decimal points in their bank account. Amen, somebody. Listen, there are no shortage of things people will do just so they can possess more things that they barely can afford or things that they really do not need. I am amazed every day at what lengths people will go to just to get stuff that they cannot afford or to get things that they just do not need. We live in a status-driven society. We somehow equate success with things and stuff. Without knowing anything about someone, we see them riding in what we call a fancy modern car, and we say, wow, they got it made. You don't know what that person has. Amen. They, they can be driving without insurance. A whole lot of them do. Just leaning and profiling and can barely put gas in the car. Amen, somebody. Just so they can impress other folk. Just so that they could say that they have arrived. What will people do? What will they go through? just so they can be identified as, quote, successful. It is sad, but it's true that many of us are simply somehow convinced that more means better. Am I right? Somehow we're convinced if we had one more outfit, we're better off. One more vehicle, we are better off. If we just have more of what we have, that we are better off. That is an erroneous assumption. More does not always equal better, particularly if you've got to mortgage your future and give up your relationship with the Lord just to have more. Now, here's what is sad. Here's what is really sad. Those who are willing to do just that, those who are willing to sacrifice their relationship with the Lord so that they can have more worldly possessions. Now, I, and, and understand this next statement. I understand the fact that people have to do what they have to do in order to make a living, to make ends meet. But what concerns me oftentimes are People who will come and say to me without any condemnation, Pastor, I'm not going to be to church. I've taken a second job because there's some stuff I want, 
and, 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 and the things I'm trying to get. I'm saying, at the expense of your relationship with the Lord, is it really worth it? Is it really worth it for you to get something brand new or something that you think you have and, and, and you do it at the expense of you spending time with the Lord. People said to me, I, I thank God for the internet because I work so hard on Sunday mornings, I've got to catch up with my rest. And I said, well, the internet wasn't designed for lazy folk. Somebody on the internet ought to say amen. Get up next Sunday, put your clothes on and come to church. It was designed for people who could not get here, not folk who would not get here. Am I right about it? And yet we were sacrificed our relationship with the Lord just so we can have more stuff, greater things. At what expense is it really worth it? I'm reminded of this question that Jesus posed to his disciples in the Gospel of St. Mark, chapter 8 and verse 36. Jesus asked this question, what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your soul? What good is it if you've got a bigger and better house but you end up in hell? What good is it if folk think you are really that great but you end up in eternal damnation? What will a person give in exchange for their souls. Ask yourself, is it worth it? Is it worth my relationship with God just to add something else to what I already have? Is it worth it just so folk can think that I'm a part of the in crowd just to add that? None of that is worth it because the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. We've got too many people that are driven by external measures of success. May I say that? We've got too many people that look at folk and say, you ought to be doing better because they don't have enough stuff. Fact of the matter is, if their heart is right and they love God and they treat people right, you ought to be happy that they have a relationship with God. Folk used to say all the time, I don't have a daughter, but I have a granddaughter, but I had two sisters, and folk used to say, before you say I do, you need to check that bank account. Well, I have, as you can imagine, in my 20 years of pastoring, married a whole lot of folk. Deacon Parker, I've married some with big accounts, with little accounts, and with no accounts. And I have come to realize that the success of your marriage does not depend on how much money is in your account. May I preach this? We, we've got to look at the hearts of a person. And we've got to look at if this person is good, not because of the things we own, but because of our relationship with God. Are you willing to forsake everything, everyone, to have a right relationship with God? 
The truth is, we will never, somebody help me preach this and look at somebody and say, never find real happiness. We will never find true commitment by possessing more stuff. If the possession of things equates to happiness, Howard Hughes would not have died a miserable man. If the success of things equate to happiness, then the tragedy that befell many millionaires and billionaires and their families would not have happened. I would suggest to you even the Kennedy legacy of the patriot Joe Kennedy and others would trade all of that not to have one son die a horrific accident, two sons being assassinated. What will you give just to have peace of mind? I will trade everything I have just to make sure that my family is all right. In fact, if your family loves you and you love them and if you wake up every morning with breath in your body, you're already rich and you don't even know it. I know folk with plenty of money that don't even speak to their children. I know folk that are fighting over money every day. And, 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 and the love of things have divided people. And people become so greedy. They lose focus on how good God has been. Well, I just want to point out a few blessings to you that perhaps you will take for granted. Who wakes you up every morning? Who put food on your table, clothes on your back? Who breathed into you the breath of life every morning? But pastor, I work hard. I know you do, but you're not responsible for waking yourself up. Somebody with the touch of grace by the name of Jehovah Jireh wakes you up every morning and say, now go to work. Somebody ought to help me say thank you. Look at your neighbor say, you owe God some praise. Baby, you haven't always looked like that. Come on, some, 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 sometimes we get so excited. I thank God. Now, we, we are so blessed that the men can wear orange silk ties on men's day. But I thank God when Deacon English and Elder Lord and, 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 and Deacon King used to just button up the top button and wear the same suit. My daddy's suit was so shiny. When he went to preach, people would laugh at him. Pastor Bradley, before he got on the pulpit, there was a running joke that I didn't even know until I was a grown man. Another preacher told me, said, if you want to know how your hair looked, wait until Bishop Jackson get up to preach because his suit is so shiny you can see yourself. They were so consumed with his outfit, they forgot about his relationship. But God had the last say so. I am happy to report that before Bishop transitioned to glory, he had so many suits that he was able to give them away, but he never changed his relationship with God because he sought first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else was added. 
tell somebody, God will give you everything you need and the things you desire. Anybody trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct. Ooh. God is good. I need you to just encourage somebody and so say, wait on your blessing. Because where you are now, perhaps, is not where you're going to end up. And here's the truth. Even if you end up where you are now, God is still good. Even if God never blesses you with another blessing, you owe God some praises for the rest of your life. Even if God never gives you anything else, he's already done enough for you to praise him. Catch somebody and say, I am more than what I possess. <laughs> Woo! I, I am a whole lot. Don't, don't, don't you ever judge me by, by what outfit I have. Don't, you can't even judge a church by the size or the success of the church because God has been good. Let me set the record straight. We were a great mega church when we had 13 members on Bluff Road with a pot belly stove and plastic over the windows. Folk didn't know it, but God knew who we were. And God sees where you are and know where you're gonna end up. And God calls you blessed before anybody else know that you are already. Let me preach, I better, I feel like preaching. As we move to the text, see what Jesus in his own unique way says to us about this desire to possess more and more stuff. Jesus in the text shares a very powerful parable of a very rich man who seemed to have never been satisfied with what he had. I need you to hear this message. For we're told in the text that he was obsessed, this man was, with the sizes of his barns and with the amount of stuff he can accumulate. For he was obsessed with building bigger and bigger barns. I'm preaching to somebody. Because some of you are thinking right now how you can build your barn to be bigger, metaphorically. How you can get more stuff. He was obsessed with just looking at his possessions. You know folk like that. <laughs> I've known folk, even in my own family, just love to count their money. You, you, you know folk that just love to let folk know how much they have. Amen. Look at somebody and say, bigger barns does not mean a happier life. Jesus says in verse 16 of the parable, this is so important, and we will deal with this in greater detail on Tuesday night. But Jesus says in verse 16 of the parable, listen to this. The NIV translation says, the ground yielded an abundant harvest. Now, it is important to note 
what Jesus says. Jesus did not say that this man produced himself a great harvest. It says the ground. And the last time I checked, the ground belonged to the Lord. Am I right about it? So in other words, he wanted folk to know in the parable that it wasn't this man himself that produced an abundant harvest. It was God's ground that God reigned on, that God's sunshine uh, nurtured the seeds that were in God's ground. Can I preach to somebody? Because when you look around at all your stuff, you've got to understand that God did this. That everything you have comes from the Lord. Now, nowhere in this parable, this is an important observation, nowhere in this parable are we told that this man wants acknowledge or thanked God for his abundant harvest. Not once. Not, he could have taken just a moment. In, in, in the building between the first and the third barn, perhaps somehow it should have dawned on him that God has been good to me. That, 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 that I could have had a drought the locust and the canker worm and the caterpillar could have destroyed my crops, but God kept them away. Nowhere does he acknowledge this is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in my eyes. I just want you to know you didn't do it for yourself. I need you to touch somebody and say, it's not your doing, but it's the Lord's doing. And the only reason, baby, that you enjoy any measure of success is because God held back the hand of the adversary against you because when your enemy came in like a flood to destroy you, the Spirit of the Lord... Woo! Can I preach to somebody? This is the Lord's doing. Nowhere in the parable... Does he acknowledge God one time? We've got folk that are so successful that they can't acknowledge God. They don't ever, I, I'm, I'm sick of folk telling me all that they've done and all that they've acquired. God gets the glory. God gets the praise. Because if it had not been for the Lord, that was on your side. Just indulge me for one moment. Some of us think this is a good time to give God a praise break. For when I think of his goodness and all he has done for me, my soul cries out. The rest of you that are sitting down, I understand. Maybe you're waiting on God to do something for you. But for the rest of us, when we think about where God has brought us from and all that God has done. My soul cries out, hallelujah, Lord, I thank you. Thank you, Lord. Woo! Before you sit down, cross the aisles and touch somebody and say, God's been good to me. 
Come on and tell your neighbor, neighbor, God's been good to me. When I look back over my life, when I think things over, God's been good. God's been good. God's been good. Tell somebody the devil is a liar. God deserves this praise. God deserves this praise. Anytime is a good time to give God a praise. I thank you for food on my table. I thank you for keeping my family in perfect peace. Lord, I thank you. I could have lost my mind. I could have been dead sleeping in my grave. Where are my praises? Where are my praises? Look at your neighbor. Say, you've got so much to give God a praise for. Mm, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Ah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Don't judge me on how I look, for I am much greater than the things I do not possess or I do possess. And if you take everything from me, I heard, I got to get out of here. I heard Job said, the Lord gives and the Lord take it away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Even if I didn't have a dime to my name, I'll still wave my hands and give God some praise. Where are my grateful praises? Look at somebody say, neighbor, before you build another barn, you ought to give God some praise for what's in your old barn. Y'all excuse us, but some of us are too grateful not to give God a praise when I Y'all sit down, sit down. But I, I can't help but praise him. If you knew my story, look at somebody and say, if you only knew where the Lord has brought me from. Let me get something else in.
Listen. Here's what is so ironic. Although this man did not have time to talk to God, he did have time to talk to himself. How strange is that? Not once did he thank God, but somehow between verses 17 and 19, he had an in-depth, detailed conversation with himself. Note what he says. I would tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I would store, look at this word, my surplus. Ooh. I would say to myself, you have plenty laid up for many years. Take it easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. What a sad commentary. Didn't have time to talk to God, but had time to brag on himself. You've got folk that do more bragging than praying. Now here's something I want to point out. Now although this man did not have anything to say to God, need you to catch this. Grab somebody by the hand and say, God did have something to say to him. You may be so full of yourself that you have nothing to say to God. You can't tell the Lord thank you. You can't say to the Lord I'm grateful. You cannot acknowledge that God has been good to you. But I'm here to tell you, God will have something to say to you. Look at verse number 20. God said to this man, you fool. A rich fool. You fool. For this very night, your life will be demanded from you, then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? Look at somebody and say, you fool. Look at what God says. God, God says, then who will get everything you worked for? The New Living Translation says. It says, you fool, you will die this very night. That's what the New Living Translation says. You will die this very night. Then who gets your stuff? Can you rent a moving van to follow the hearse? <laughs> Tell somebody it will not happen. And don't even trust when people put stuff in the casket and say, Mama, I want to leave this watch for you. You better get it out there because you don't get it out. The pallbearers may get it. Nothing you own <laughs> can go with you. This fool, this night, your soul is demanded of me. I want to leave you with these three things that we will consider on Tuesday night. When I look back over this parable, God says to me, 
This man was a fool not because he had money. And I want to get the record straight. You're not a fool because you have much. He was a fool not because he was rich. He was a rich fool, but he wasn't a fool because he was rich. I'm going somewhere. He was a fool because he made three crucial mistakes that I want to point out, and then we'll stand up and have the altar call. His first mistake was this, and we'll deal with this on Tuesday night. Look at somebody and say, he forgot about God. <laughs> mistake number one, he lived his life as if God did not even exist. Please tell somebody, it's a mistake to forget about God. Now, a whole lot of people can call on God on their way down. But the question is, can you remember God on your way up? I've had a whole lot of people when they hit rock bottom wants prayer. And you've got to, you've got to uproot them from the altar and say, go back. But when God blesses you and you have an abundance of things and things are going all right, can you still remember God? Mistake number one, he forgot about God. Mistake number two, he forgot about others. What he failed to realize was that we are blessed to be a blessing. We're not blessed just to count our blessings and just to brag on how blessed we are. But we are blessed to be a blessing. Too much is given, even much more is required. Some of you that God has blessed you so much, you ought to bless other people. You ought to find out how you can help. The, what I love about ministry is that there are some people in this audience whose names you will never know, and they anonymously give to, because we care, the Women's Center, the community development. They help other people, and, and we sometimes ask them, please let us acknowledge what you've done. And they say, no. We've got one couple in this church that have given over probably $50,000 to scholarships. And never once, and they said, not only do we not want, I don't even want you to acknowledge us. We don't want anybody to know what we're doing. I said, oh, no wonder God has blessed folk. When God has blessed you, you ought to bless somebody else. Touch your neighbor and say, you are blessed to be a blessing. And here's the third and the final thing as you stand to your feet. Number one, he forgot about God. Number two... He forgot about others. And here is number three. He forgot about eternity. What he failed to realize was that no one lives forever. I don't care how rich you are. I don't care how successful you are. What he failed to realize was that one day he would have to give an account for both his actions and his inactions. Here's what he didn't realize. He didn't realize that that someday was that day. That someday in which his soul was demanded from him happened to be that day. Here's what God wants me to ask you. What if your someday is this day? What if this is the last day of your life? Can you say, Lord, I've done all I know how to do. 
I've committed myself to your kingdom. Because all the stuff you work so hard for, it doesn't mean a thing if your soul isn't right with God. Amen, somebody? Listen, Jesus concludes this parable with verse 21. The New Living Translation puts it this way. Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth but not have a rich relationship with God. So what if you get a new car, a new job? What if you get three degrees and you don't have a relationship with God? What has it profit you? Here's my testimony. The Williams brothers put it this way as we prepare for the altar. I've decided to make Jesus my choice. There are a whole lot of things you can choose. But tell somebody, I've decided to make Jesus my choice. Listen, the altar is now open as you walk down the aisles. Hear the words of the song as our very own Brother Lewis Glover and the men's choir come. The, the song says this, some folk would rather have houses and land. Some folk choose silver and gold. These things they treasure and forget about their soul. Ooh, but look at somebody and say, I've decided to make Jesus my choice. I love this verse. The road gets rough. How many of you know it gets hard sometimes? And the going gets tough. And the hills are hard to climb. I started out a long time ago. There is no doubt in my mind. Lift those hands and say, I've decided to make Jesus my choice. Come on, wherever you are, come on, walk down those aisles. God's challenging somebody right now. Come on, make the right decisions. Come on, come on. Ooh, yeah. Ooh. Some folks sing your song, Lewis. Yeah, would rather. Ooh, that's my testimony, y'all. <laughs> have houses. Don't you know folk like that? Sing. Ooh, that's all right. Yeah, yeah. And then some folks. Some folk, yeah. Ooh, choose silver. <laughs> yeah. Or gold. Come on, let us pray. Maybe there's something you want to bring to this altar right now. Maybe you're praying for somebody else. Come on. These things they treasure. They treasure and forget about. Forget about. Yes, But I've decided. Oh, sing this. Take it from the top again. One more time, Lewis. Tell him some folk. Listen, listen, some folk. Come on right now. Some folk <laughs> would rather 
Come on, lift those hands all over this place. And some folks, oh, you sing that. Yeah. They'd rather choose silver. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or gold. Yeah. All these things. These things. You know they treasure. Treasure and forget and for get about and forget about their soul. But I've decided, I, yeah, 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 to make Jesus. Somebody ought to clap those hands. Yeah, I've decided to make him my choice. Sometimes the road gets oh, rough. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Hallelujah. And you know the road is rough. And the going, the going gets tough. How many of you know the hills? Hills are hard to climb. You know that I started out. Started out a long time. There is no doubt, no doubt. In my manhood, I decided. to have some church in here right now. Yeah. Everybody clap those hands. Oh, the road gets rough. Come on. Hallelujah. You know the road. The road gets rough. Woo. Yeah. gets tough. Hallelujah. Sometimes my hands are hard to climb. Hard to climb. Hallelujah. But I started out. It's rough sometimes. You know the road, the road. Do I have Woo! a witness? Today? Any witnesses? Yeah, sometimes yeah, yeah. Our hills get so hard, hard to climb. But what I love about Jesus is that I started out. It was a long time. on the devil's nerve if you want to get on the devil's nerve one more time put those hands together you know the road the road the road the road oh i like that brothers the going sometimes our heels are they are so hard so hard to climb yes i started
someone standing next to you you have to make a choice look at somebody and say you must make a choice but Joshua said choose you this day whom you will serve will it be God or will it be the God of the Egyptians but as for me and my house we will serve the Lord listen there was a time in my life, although I was in the church, I had not made Jesus my choice. I made the church my choice, but not Jesus. But then when I made up my mind that even if I lost friends, and I did, it was worth it. Even if people who used to be all right with me they had a problem with my decision, and they did. It was all right with me because I somehow made up my mind that I am willing to make Jesus my choice. It was more important than houses and land. It was more important than reputation or career. There was a time in my life that I was career-driven until I realized that it does nothing for my relationship with the Lord. But when I made Jesus my choice, God says, I'll give you what you need and what you desire. Some of you right now are in between decisions. You come to church every Sunday. The question is, have you made Jesus your choice? What have you put in place of Jesus? What has taken the Lord's place in your life? I really would not be concerned about what people say, what people do, how they look at you, the rumors they may start about you. This is between you and the Lord. Here's what this man did not realize, that that day was his last day. Let me ask you a question. What if this is your last day? In one hour, we're going to have a homegoing service for one of the most faithful members that Bible Way has ever had. 
one of the most loving individuals I've ever met in my life, Sister Phyllis Williams. What if next Sunday is you? Will God be able to say about you like we will say at 2 o'clock about Phyllis? Well done, my good and faithful servant. Oh, you come to church, but the question is, have you made the Lord your choice? What have you put in the place of God in your life? Let nothing take the place of God because life is more important. Life is greater than the things you possess. Close those eyes. Hold those hands of someone standing next to you. And after this prayer, there is someone here today. And God is challenging you. The Lord is challenging you to be bold enough to stand at this altar and say, Pastor Jackson, I want to have that vertical relationship with God. I want it to be well with my soul. And if it isn't, if it isn't, God says today is a good day. I wouldn't leave here because tomorrow isn't promised. Just on this year alone, I can't tell you the number of homegoing services we've done. Young people, older people, middle-aged people. Death does not discriminate. Question is, if it knocks on your door tonight, will you say, I've made Jesus? My choice. Lord, we thank you. We bless you. We honor you. Thank you for reminding us that life is more than the things we possess. So what if we lose some things? So what if we lose some friends? As long as Jesus is our choice, everything is going to be all right. Lord, I, I would rather have you than houses or land. I would rather have you than friends or colleagues. I choose you. Ooh. I choose you, Lord. And we say thank you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And the church said amen. Put your arms around somebody and say, I choose Jesus. Come on, if you want to make that commitment, if you want to join the church, if you want to recommit your life to the Lord, come on. Stand right here. Come on. Come on, walk down those aisles, stand right here. It's my choice. Come on, God is calling you. You want to make the Lord your choice. Come on, Jesus. Come on, somebody, wherever you are, come right now. That's right. The Lord is calling you. This is your day. If you want to recommit your life to the Lord, if you say, here I am, come on. Jesus, come on. You, you've got to be bold enough to tell the Lord, here I am. God is calling you right now. Somebody, God says, come right now. God's got a blessing with your name on it. Come on. Jesus. Wave those hands in the air right now. Jesus. Yeah. Jesus. Somebody, God said, this is your day. Is there anybody in here that God declares and decrees this is your day? This is your day. Amen. Come on and clap those hands in Jesus. Come on and clap those hands and tell them Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Anybody else God's calling you? 
If you want to join the church, if you want to be saved, if you don't want to be lost, amen. The road, the road is And the going, and the going, and the hills, that's all right. They're hard to find. I started, I started out. Yeah, yeah. It was a long time. In my mind, I decided. As you stand to your feet all over this.